to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. I'm coming in extra hot today because I'm super excited. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. There's a buzz in the air at Insurance Town. I know you can feel it. I can feel it. We've got a couple of new sponsors coming onto the show. We've got Tolga Tazel renewed his sponsorship with Canopy Connect. We've got year one wrapping up, coming into year two. We have got a hot, hot guest coming in to the town hall meeting. We've got a big time guest on today that's going to blow your mind and you're going to learn so much. There's a lot going on and I'm so excited. Dr. Billy Williams is coming on for your live Q&A at Insurance Town. Today's guest is Danielle Smink of Canyonlands Insurance. Yes, we got some big time stuff going on. Today's guest has been sponsored by my man, Tolga Tazel over at Canopy Connect. They are your one-click solution to getting those deck pages you need to quote your prospects. If you haven't signed up yet, if you haven't gotten your demo, if you haven't even checked it out yet, what are you waiting on? Go to www.insurance, no, <laughs> www.usecanopy.com or you can go to app.usecanopy.com backslash Heath, get your demo, get your discount, sign up. It is amazing, game-changing stuff. I know you're going to love it. Today's guest, as I mentioned earlier, is Miss Danielle Smink. She is the president of Canyonlands Insurance. They also call her Coach D. You'll see why. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Miss Danielle Smink. Danielle Smink, how are you? I'm excellent. How are you, Keith? I am good. I am good. Um, so before we got talking, I said I'm going to wait and hit record on this. Uh, you just told me that you are not just a, a golfer, but you are a golfer. Like, you play. And then you told me you won something. What was this? Your, the yeah, Memorial? The 2017 Memorial Pro-Am. Um, our pro was William McGirt. And I got my um, trophy uh, from that was handed to me by Jack Nicholas. So shut up. Yeah, that's like the peak. The bear opportunities for someone to, you know, be around your legend. The legend that is wow. (laughs) That's incredible. Now, who was this pro that you had? What's this? Were you better than he was? I never heard of him. No, definitely not better than he was. I never heard of him. I had a couple key shots in that. That was not my best day. Um, the memorial is set in Ohio, and that is just different golf than Arizona desert golf. So um, that was, yeah. uh, it was, it's a brutal course. If you ever get to play it, it's the rough is like hitting out a cabbage. That's the best way you can describe <laughs> it. You hope that you swing and you don't break your wrist as you're swinging. Um, but it's a really, it's a beautiful course. Just very, very difficult. All right. So the listeners now want to know what's your handicap. I'm usually like a bogey golf. So like it ranges between 12 and like 15, 16 through the yeah. year. Yeah. So I'm so, decent enough that I can go out there and I look like I've actually hit a ball before. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm really good off the tee. So like I get the advantage of the women's tee, you know, in a scramble. So hit it straight, hit it, you know, 205. Um, so consistent there. But you just need yeah. somebody with a good short game then. I know exactly. Yeah. I can't, 
I have my lob wedge is money, but my putting is atrocious. Oh, there you go. <laughs> All righty. Now that we've bored them with your golf talk, I'm just kidding. Um, I do want I do want to go down memory lane. So I want you to take us a, a walk down memory lane. Tell us uh, who you are. Go back as far as you want. And bring us up to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, started my career out in insurance as a captive agent in the early 2000s. And um Worked for a company, uh, country companies actually, and they were going from being PNC focused to being uh, focused on financial products. And I was like, I'm really a PNC girl. Like that's not going to fit well for me. So uh, I had an opportunity for an investment group that had a thousand homes, and they asked me if I would be their agent for that uh, for the insurance side, but also the real estate side. So I took a leap of faith and started looking at independent um, options. And what I found at that time, it was really, really hard to get a quote. Um, and so I started asking other agencies, like, what did you do? And a couple of them that were former country agents had talked to a gentleman named Ken Walters, who had been with country for a really long time. He went independent in 98. And so I went and interviewed with him for his group. And the interesting thing is I look back and... And I get these calls from other agencies too. And I talk to them. I was a, in my twenties and I was total ego in the way type of person. Like I was like, I know what I'm going after. I'm super driven. I'm super focused. And I told him in two years, I'm going to leave you and I'm going to have my own thing. And I'm like, I don't know why he even like saw anything in me looking back. I was like, oh my gosh, that's an insult to say that to him. Um, but he's like, he's like, I see something in you and um, I call him now my business dad and I joined the group. And then I realized that I, um, you know, did, I, I couldn't leave, like it didn't make any sense. Um, but I knew that I wanted to help agencies uh, move forward faster in technology. So some of us got together and we started doing a paperless uh, initiative in 2004. So that was pretty early back in the day. Um, and then in 2006, we started doing the DocuSign initiative. Um, and then uh, I started our commercial wing and started doing, uh, getting us commercial codes and really love doing commercial. I like personal lanes too. I like helping people in general, but the commercial side is really fascinating and for me. So um, it's just been awesome to be a part of, you know, my, my group's, you know, success but it's also been awesome to see us push the envelope on technology because like the DocuSign initiative, the carriers were not receptive at all. They were like, uh, no, we're not going to accept that. I'm like, well, I'll just go back to the clients and ask them to sign a paper copy if you really, really want it. And that was kind of my stance is I was going to push the envelope of what we should be able to do with technology. Right. Uh, and so are you still with that same group today? I am. I actually run the group. I Bought out Ken, the business dad. I didn't leave after two years. I came back with my, you know, tail between my legs and said, I had no idea what I was talking about at all. I didn't really understand what it meant to be independent. I didn't understand what it meant to be a part of a group that was really helping each other out. And um, I told him that I was just forever thankful for the gift that he gave me and and making me more humble, (laughs) but also making me more successful and so I said, but I want to make some changes and I want to help keep, you know, people within our group. And I didn't get paid to do this. I just really wanted to help everyone else uh, move forward into the future of what I thought that the independent channel would look like. So he allowed me to start doing agency councils with the carriers. And then in 2008, I bought him out 
And then I was able to fulfill that vision. So I talk to him all the time. He's in Florida, totally retired. And he's my business dad, like I said. And he's just like so proud um, of how far we've come with everything. You know, I've heard of the work husband, but never the work dad. So that's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> seems to work. So, um, you know, I remember I got my license and I was uh, in the business in the early 2000s as well. And I'll never forget, you know, when they started talking about going paperless and in Arkansas, which is much different than Arizona, uh, there's still agencies to this day that have file cabinets all through their offices. So that was a very foreign terminology and foreign thinking to think about going paperless and not having a file cabinet. You can just go through and pull and go through, you know, the files and, and pick out, you know, Danielle's file. Um, so that had to have been something that was not the easiest of tasks to get going for you. How long did that take you on the, on the paperless initiative? Uh, it was easier for me. My agency was smaller. So okay, yeah. do that at that time, I, um, just, I had been about a year independent when I made that decision. And so that was easier. We had some agencies that, uh, some of them are still slightly in paper. <laughs> yeah. And so it's not, it's not your state versus my state. We're, we're still <laughs> behind too. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just the industry as a whole. Uh, and that being said, you know, not that I want to bang on the industry that we both love, but you know, as we get into this and your story and talking to you more, you know, technology seems to be something that, uh, has been something that's been important to you throughout. Do you feel like uh, that we're finally getting to a point in our industry today where we're actually starting to catch up a little bit with other industries? You still feel like we're remarkably behind in technology and what we're doing, trying to catch up. Oh, we're so be behind. It's ridiculous. I have a division that's tech and cyber insurance and, uh, and we sell a product that we don't even do the basics on what we need to do as an agency to protect our agencies. You know, and so even from that standpoint, not just technology, but actually protecting your agency from technology as well. Um, a simple thing, you should have a password management system. I don't care if it's RoboForm, I don't care if it's LastPass. Um, I, we pushed, uh, you know, our agencies to use RoboForm because we were using it and we could easily implement it and help them implement it. But I got so tired of seeing agencies with their, you know, their logins taped to the side of their desk or in a drawer. And I'm like, that is not very protective. And it freaks me out. Yeah. And that's, you know, I was the same way. And I, even to this day, you're going to, you know, hit me for this probably. But I still to this day have to change my password every couple of days because I forget it <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, because I have to change it so often. And I'll write it down on my hand or you know, I'll put it on a, like you said, on a sticky note or in a notebook. And if someone ever grabbed that notebook, I'd be screwed. Uh, all my passwords are in that. Um, or the old note section of my phone has a mm -hmm. lot of my passwords in it. So, uh, you know, I, I'm with you on that. I just don't do it myself, obviously, which I need to. Uh, yeah. But we're so behind it, it. And it it's not just at the agency level. If you ever to a lot of carriers and most of the systems that they are working off of have mainframes that are so old and antiquated that they can't break off of those 100%. So they're really not advancing the systems that we use in a very, uh, you know, user-friendly format. Like when I work on councils, a lot of, you know, agents, well, why can't we do this? What they don't know is on the back end, each of the carriers, because they're so tied to these old systems that they can't convert those, convert and make those changes. They just can't. 
And so we're kind of dependent on them to do that as well so that we can make the changes that we need to make as well. Yeah, that's that's a lot of moving parts that you talk about there. Um, and so the technology piece there, and, and you're, you said you're running the group now um, mm-hmm. as of 2008, and that group, I, I imagine, continues to grow. And as that grows, and trying to get that many people in a group on one page, is that a requirement you put on people in a group? Or is that something that here's something that we're doing as a group? You can opt in or opt out ever you want to. How does that work in a group setting? Yeah, we believe in keeping independence independent, but we're going to give them resources. So we don't cram it down their throat that they should do it. Um, but I do tell my agencies all the time, I'm like, if you could copy exactly, for example, what McDonald's is doing, and you're seeing that each of those stores are you know, doing well, and they're performing like five times better than you, and you don't copy those, you know, practices, shame on you, you have that opportunity, you know, but each owner is going to have a different type of agency, a different mindset. So I just lean into the ones that want to make some changes and help them with it. And sometimes it's just pieces, like some agencies will gravitate to, you know, um, doing a lot of you know, innovations with us. And then some, maybe it's one or two small things that they want to implement and that's fine. You know, we, we have agencies that are digging in really deep with us with um, automation on the back end from the client, you know, front end side, you know, to the, you know, the back end side after the policy has been, you know, bound and renewals. And, and there's some agencies, if I would have told them like, Hey, like you can automate like this whole process that's taking you forever it would completely blow their mind and they wouldn't be able to do that. So like what they adopt for them, which works well for their agency uh, is different than other agencies. And I think you just got to respect that. There's different personalities. There's different types of books of business that they build. Some of our agencies don't do any commercial. Some agencies do a majority of commercial insurance and some of them even do health insurance. So it's just a mix. So I try to respect where each of the agencies are at. And so you know, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about, and I do want to get into some more about the, the groups and some of the other conversations, but, you know, if, and I imagine you work with, with a lot of startup agencies as well as, you know, existing agencies, but if someone were to come to you off the street uh, and ask you about technology, would you tell them, you know, to use technology first and foremost, spend their money on the onboarding technology type things or for lead gen or for processes and automation, as you just mentioned? Uh, where do you see the best fit for, you know, agencies that are trying to improve to start with? I think the first thing you need to do with an agency before you can recommend technology is you need to understand what their business plan entails. Who is the consumer that they're reaching out to? And so you've got to be able to speak to the consumer how they want to be spoken to. And so once you figure that out, then you can lay out the plan of which technology you're going to need to do. You're going to need um, you're going to need systems to do two things. You're going to need systems to manage your workflow with your clients. And then here's the system that most people do not put in place. I use Basecamp. It's pretty simple. I've used it for nine years. And this is the system of working on your business. How many agencies actually have a separate system where you, and I like having separate systems. And the reason why is it differentiates. If I have tasks in my management system, then that's client facing or in our prospecting system that we have, that's client facing. If I have tasks in Basecamp, then that is me working on my business most of the time. And so like, I need to try and make sure I have more tasks in Basecamp than anywhere else. And that's where agencies fail. 
they may put processes around and manage the client, uh, you know, situation, but they don't manage their own agency the same way. Right. Uh, and so do you have, I think you mentioned this to me before, and I was trying to set you up a little bit for this, but do you have, as you're bringing agencies into the group, do you have a Google form or a Google doc or a, an application or a questionnaire type thing that you go through with agencies? And do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, we go through um, a couple of items with them. We do have uh, actually Microsoft Forms. We use uh, the Office 365 platform for everything. It's been fantastic during COVID because I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to use all aspects of it and get really good at Teams, really good at SharePoint and all this stuff during this time period. Um, not that we weren't using before, but we just like amped it up a whole bunch. Um, but that form, we do a CLI select challenge and we ask them challenge questions of, you know, what they want, uh, you know, from their agency um, and we get to know them. But it is an agency checkup that we do with them from the get go um, and seeing where they're at in certain sections of their agency. So, for example, the first thing's going to be is like, do you have a business plan? Do you actually have written down the direction of where you want to go? I have agencies and this is something I learned probably about a decade ago is that we have entrepreneurial ADD. We are like shiny object syndrome, we're all over the place. So you wanna make sure that you focus and have a business plan, a real direction, that direction is in front of you. Um, you can pivot and make some changes, but you need to know where you're going or you're never going to get but there. But that shiny object syndrome, that struggle is real <laughs> all across <laughs> the board. I hear that yeah. so often. Um, so anyway, not to interrupt you, but that struggle is definitely real. Oh yeah. So I think if you got, you got to hone that in first and then you have to really put a lot of effort into understanding, you know, what you want your culture to be like for your team. Even if it's just a team of you from the get go, you need to set the stage of what the expectations are, you know, make sure you have the procedures. Anytime you bring in a new employee, um, well, we use Basecamp again. When we have a template that we can, when we add a new employee, it sends them out a welcome email but it's all automated and it sets up all of like their tax forms. It sets up everything they need to know, what they can expect for the first day, sends out all of the benefits information, and we don't have to keep recreating that. So if you do that from, you know, employee one and you have that system down for them and you create that experience for them, then it's much easier to duplicate down the road. So, you know, first you got to figure out where you're going to, you've got to figure out what the culture is going to be for your team. So then they know, who you are and where you're going on those two things. And then um, if you're an existing agency, then you need to understand uh, how to implement change. When I do a check agency checkup, I have agencies that do that shiny object thing and they wanna go here, 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 and here, but they haven't actually vetted out any of the things that they want to do. Does it make sense to do that at this phase in your um, agencies? I have agencies that you know, they really want to focus on the retention side. I'm like, but you don't have leads. So that doesn't make any sense. Right. So let's not jump over here. Let's make sure the leads are coming in over here and then how the new client experience goes. And then let's talk about retention on the, at that point in time. So don't jump ahead within that process. But how many agencies take the time to do that checkup? And that's what we like to do with agencies is we walk through it with them. Tell me about who you are, where you've been before, where you want to go. And then we go ahead and we start talking about the things that they need to work on as far as where the goal is for them. And then 
uh, take into account who they are, even if they're, they're going to be completely different. I have agencies night and day, ones that are newer, you know, to starting off independent to ones that I am helping transition, you know, into retirement. And that, that process looks different for how we engage with them, but it's still an agency checkup of where you're in and check in. I think there are, I guarantee you right now, they're insurance professionals, agency owners, whatever it may be sitting there listening to this right now, squirming in their chair, or they're a little uncomfortable because that thought of change and the thought of identifying who they are, some of those things are, are not comfortable or not uh, conversations that they want to have. So it's got to be somewhat of a battle for you. And there's agencies that, you know, the old adage of that's the way that things have always been done mm-hmm. is something that comes up, you know, in, in my working with agencies and consulting with agencies. So I know it comes up with you. Um, do you have some pieces of advice or maybe some ways that you handle that when there are agencies reluctant to change? And I think that goes back to our original conversation earlier of why we're so far behind in so many technologies. I, I think what it is, is that it goes back to me day one of thinking about being independent. And that is, is your ego in the way or is your ego out of the way? And so for me, a lot of times I have to figure out how to have a very vulnerable conversation with agencies and, and just say, hey, Let's take our egos out of the way in this conversation so we can move you forward. And like, what makes you uncomfortable about change? When are you reluctant on it? You know, how do you handle when your team is having difficulty with changing and how do you get them past that? And that is, is that um, I do an exercise with my team, which is called clearing the table. And um, am I allowed to curse on your show? Yes. Okay. You're going to say yes. Is that, each person brings their own shit to the table sometimes. And sometimes like you have to own it because it's yours that they brought in and it's about between you and them. But sometimes it's not. And sometimes it's just the shit that means that you're, they're afraid to make that change. And so you have to have that vulnerable, open communication with them and go, look, I know you're freaked out maybe, or what's going on here. Cause I can sense there's shit on the table. Let's clear the table. Let's move past that. If you never recognize that you never communicate with that person, you will never clear the table and you'll never be able to really clearly communicate with them. And so you need to do that with people, but you need to do that to yourself too. So sometimes you'll be between yourself and the computer and you're working towards something or you're having a time when you're in your agencies where it is stressful and your own shit is getting in the way of you being able to move forward in a productive way with yourself. So sometimes yeah. you need to find someone you can trust to have those conversations. The conversations that I have with agencies are very vulnerable. And I'm like, I always say I am honored to be that person that you can have this conversation with. You're not the first person that I had that conversation, this kind of conversation with. And I think that puts them at ease that they know they're not alone. Yeah, I think, you know, I like that you brought up the aspect of the self-awareness. I think there's a lot of issues there with uh, people in general, whether it's in the insurance industry or in any industry, uh, of being aware of your own shit, as you said, uh, being aware of, you know, what's going on in your own life. And you may have started off on this path and then now you're really over here because you allowed your own stuff to get in the way. And so I think it's good to start there, but then I like the clearing the table. I wrote that down. That's cool. That can't just happen once though. That's gotta be something that's happened throughout their time with the group. Correct. Oh yeah, absolutely. You can feel when people are disconnecting from you and you can also feel yourself disconnecting from your agency. If you can recognize those two things, 
it will help keep you on path like so much more. I can feel myself when I'm like, I'm starting to feel like I'm withdrawing it and then I'm feeling really isolated. Um, there's usually like places where I go where I'm like, that is not going to be helpful. If you ever go to like, you know, the victim portion of like, well, no one understands how hard it is to own an agency. And there's all this stuff we had to deal with and da, 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 and you start going down that path. Um, that's when you need to clear the table for yourself. Cause you're just projecting all of that shit in front of you and what your goal is too. So you got to figure out a way to clear it. And you wrote a book on that. I did. <laughs> what is the title of that book? Don't project your shit on me. Oh, that's hilarious. This is probably a record for the most time the shit has been said on my podcast. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, congratulations, <laughs> Danielle. <Love the> title. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Thanks for the honor. <laughs> yes. So <clears throat> you win that. Not exactly award. what I think I thought we'd talk about today, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. Uh, it is. It just happens. So. Yeah. Um, how long ago did you write that, by the way, we're, while we're on this subject? <laughs> I That's wrote it three, three years ago, three and a half years ago. Yeah, about three and a half years ago. Is it about, you know, this whole process of clearing the table? Is that what the book is about or is it a totally different direction? That's one of the lessons. It's yeah. really about uh, learning how not to project your shit on other people and then not letting other people project their shit on you. And like, what are the exercises that you can do mentally to help you get past that. <laughs> so, I'm just keeping yeah. little tallies. It's awesome. I know you are. Imagine like, <laughs> if this, this was bleaked out. I'd, oh. I'm like, I'd have the sensor thing like 50 times now. <laughs> no, it's awesome. Um, you know, not a problem at all. So um, talk to me. Okay. So we've brought up, you know, several agencies. Uh, you work with a lot of agencies and I don't know what the number is now, but okay. So, the way I look at things, uh, whether it's just the mayor's thoughts or the truth, I don't know. I see the future of our industry going more towards uh, groups, or clusters, uh, aggregators, whatever you want to call that. And I think that uh, that's not a bad thing at all. I think it helps uh, our industry in a lot of ways. And I know, obviously, you're a big proponent of that. You've been a part of a group for you know as long as you can remember. So... Uh, first of all, uh, would you, would you agree with me that you feel like the future of our industry is going to go more towards what, like I said, whether it's a group or aggregator cluster, whatever you call that. Yeah. So it's been thrown out there within the industry and I don't even remember where it originated. Um, but I've heard it at several different councils from several different carriers, but 85% of agencies in the future will be a part of a group. Now that could be bleeped out as a, for, as a, as a bad letter word too. Right. And that's how I, most people like, oh, you're a part of a group. Like there's some shame that should be brought upon you for being a part of the group. But if that statistic is right, that means 85% of agencies will be a part of one in the future. But I also think, sorry to interrupt you, but I think that it's my show. I could do what I want to. Uh, (laughs) I, uh, I do feel like though, a lot of that goes back to the ego thing. You know, you talked about ego so much, you know, early on in this. I think that goes back to that. And people, you know, if you want to have that ego get in the way, then, you know, that's your own problem. But I feel like, you know, those can get out of that way and look at it. You're right. 85%. That's a big number. It is a huge number. And so what it is, is that there needs to be a different type of communication out there about groups in general. Um, and, you know, there's a ton of options out there now. There used to not be, but there's a ton of options. But here's the reality, reality of it. Not all agencies will fit every group. 
not every group will, you know, think that that agency is a fit for them either. So it's really important to vet out a group and make sure it's a fit, not just for today. So then like, oh, I can start my agency or I can get past this point in my career. It should be a long-term thought process that you go through as if you were getting married. I feel like I've just kept getting married over and over and over again with the agencies that we work with, because this is something I like, I want to be a part of their lives. I've been very proud to see, you know, some of our agencies, um, single, get married, now have nine kids. Like I've seen them through a lot and I'm like, and, and that's personally, but also professionally and seeing how they've grown and, and, you know, and still are a part of, you know, our group. So that's a, that's a long haul thing. Yeah. Do you think that some of that goes back to your original mentor that you had that you called your business dad? Um, Mm -hmm. Is that something that's been instilled in you now in your career that you want to be someone's business mom, so to speak? I do. I get Coach D a lot. Um, okay. With the agencies, I I am honestly probably more their therapist a lot of times. <laughs> that's, that's okay. Yeah. Sometimes I reach out to them too. I'm human. There's things that I need to work on as well, and and I can be real with them and have a real conversation and go, hey, here's something I want to work on, you know, personally or professionally. And then, you know, have that conversation, you know, with them. And, and so some of, several of our, you know, agency members are those people for me too. I, we have a council, most of the council members, I probably uh, talked to, you know, it, through the years and had those conversations, you know, with them for me, for them to help me too. Yeah. And, and that's got to be, again, going back to your statement of there's benefits in being in those groups and figure out which one is best for you. It's not all of them are for everybody. Uh, okay. And so uh, continue on that. I interrupted you, I believe on that. Oh, no problem. Um, so I would say I get asked a lot about what it means to join a group. And so like, I'm a bit advocate for other groups too. Like I refer agencies all the time. Um, every group's different. They have different geography. Um, they have different contracts. They have different, um, basically, uh, other ben- member benefits as well and services. So you need to make sure that it fits with who you are and where you want to go. goes back to you need to have a business plan. I won't even talk to an agency if they don't have a business plan, even if they are existing, because I want to know your, what is your direction? Where is your goal, goal? Where are you heading? So you need to still know where you're heading, no matter what stage Um, of your agency it is even if it's like recently we have an agency that we're working with and and they're heading towards retirement I want to know what that goal looks like for you if your business plan is to retire in the next five years what does that look like for you so first and foremost make sure you know who you are and where you're going before you even interview any uh, type of group but well again I'm interrupting you again You're on fire. <laughs> yeah, no, you are. I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want to miss something here. So I hold that. Put a pin in that. Um, okay. But I think two things I want to bring out here. I think it goes back to what you said earlier about being in a marriage. Mm-hmm. I tell my kids as they're getting older. You know, when you get married or you start dating someone or doing this or that, this is something you need to really put in a lot of time and thought into, and you know, really make sure you make the right decisions there. So again, going back to not everybody fits. I mean. Uh, just cause it's a, a pretty girl. I'll tell my son, you don't have to date every pretty girl you see, or, you know, just cause that guy, you know, is the, the smart nerdy kid that may be rich when he grows up. Doesn't mean you have to date him. There's other nerdy rich kids out there, uh, or whatever it may be. But, um, so I do think, you know, that you had a good point there when you talked about the, the marriage aspect of it. And so again, recognizing which groups are good for you, but then I think also 
The other thing I wanted to, to hit on for a second was, you know, you brought up a good point of some of your groups are, you've got some agencies that are later in their career. So your business plan can change and update. And uh, do you do check-ins throughout, let's say they've been with you five or six years. And then, you know, do you do another check-in then? Okay. You know, things have changed. Has your business plan changed and updated or how does that work? For you, do you do that with them or you rely on them to come to you on that? We talk more often one-on-one, I think, than you would think with each agency. Like I said, I'm a part of their agency from a resource side, but I check in with them like, hey, how's it going? Where are you at? What are you looking to do this, you know, this month or, you know, however it's long it's been since our last conversation. Uh, and then, you know, some agencies, they like to talk more often. Some of them, you know, like to talk like once a year um, and then check in, you know, along the way during the year too. Uh, we also get together usually in person um, now virtually quite often. And um, and so we have those opportunities to make sure that we're connecting. Uh, but they, they, and if they have anything that they are concerned about, they'll just give me a call and then we'll go through it. Although call Heather, my COO, um, as well. Okay. So you were on fire. Did you put a pin in it? Can you get back to it? I did. Uh, so, <laughs> so the things <laughs> to look for with a group, you just got to ask your, I think here's the most common things I tell agencies to go make sure you know these answers and you know them really, really well too, which is, does the group have a buy-in? Do they have a buyout? If there is a buyout, do they have a non-compete? Do they have a time period that you have to be with them? How do they handle profit share and overrides? Uh, how does the, is it a fee-based, percentage-based? That's going to be those ones. And then you're going to want to look at the contract in regards to uh, first right of first refusal. And we have, I get lots of questions on that. And that can be done in different ways. And that is, is that, is the group, are you mandatory? Is it mandatory for you to sell within the group? Some contracts are. And uh, and sometimes it's just a right to be able to meet or beat what you have and trying to keep it within the group that you can sell to somebody else. I believe in the latter because I believe in keeping independence independent. Um, but that's something you should know because that gets confused. People hear right of first refusal and there's different ways of intent. So really read the contract there. I would also say that you should look at the resources that they have, not just the carriers, not just the you know commissions, not just the profit share, but also are they providing technology that will help you better your agency? Are they working on, you know, different platforms that will help mainly, I mean, mainly with hiring. That's like the biggest thing right now, hiring and training employees. It is super difficult. Uh, it's hard to find good talent. It's hard to keep good talent. It's hard to figure out how do you really train them? And so, you know, are they providing resources to help you with the thing that sometimes gets in the way of growth because you just can't get the right people within your agency? And then if you are on the latter side where you're looking at, you know, perpetuation, a lot of agencies aren't perpetuating within the family. So a group can help you perpetuate as well over on that side and help you figure out who you can sell to. You just want to make sure like you know, like, um, you know, do you get 100% of the proceeds, you know, for that? I'm That's what I'm for. I'm, like I said, keeping them independent, you own the book. But ask that question if you want to figure out how to perpetuate because you don't have a family member or somebody that you've, you know, mentored to take over, you know, 
you don't want to take from what you built is my goal. There you go. Um, so you do address perpetuation plans and M and A's and things like that as well. Um, so that's really cool. That uh, Now within the group, is there, I know you said that, uh, you know, you visit with them a lot as coach D or therapist D, um, but uh, do you encourage, I, I would imagine I've ever been a part of a group. So I'm, I'm, I'm wondering whether it's, I said a cluster or an, an aggregator group or a, whatever the group may be called. Is there a lot of uh, encouraged collaboration in those groups? I think it depends on the group you're with. Uh, we do a lot of collaboration together, but I love that our agencies, they create many masterminds with each other, which is really fun and cool. Um, we have this one mastermind and they um, are in four different states, uh, the agencies are, and they couldn't have more different personalities. And, and I just like hearing them talk together is the most fascinating thing ever because it's nice to have different perspectives on how they do their agencies so that they can each kind of give value adds in different directions than they normally would. So I love that they chose to make this mastermind group of like, like totally different types of agencies that you would think you wouldn't be like, Oh yeah, you guys should definitely be in a mastermind group together kind of thing. So I, I think that's a real cool part about being in a group is that you can, you can do that yourself too at any point in time. And they did that all on their own. I had nothing to do with that. That group formed on their own. And then they also included a couple of other agencies outside of the group for a different perspective too. Yeah. I would imagine from a group's perspective, I, I was a big commercial agent. Um, I can imagine that'd be cool to say, Hey, I'm looking at this risk. You know, where'd you go for that? Or, you know, who's your underwriter for this? Or, you know, do you have any forms for that or, you know, whatever it may be, I'd imagine that'd be super helpful. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and a group can do that for you universally. We do that for, as a group too. We have um, a space where our agencies communicate and throw things out and then people help from across the nation with different ideas and concepts and expertise and background. And then we have a university that they can utilize as well. As in within your group, a university? Yeah, it's online. Uh, That's so- cool. Yeah, so it's really cool. We believe in transparency. So all of our reports are in there. So you can know exactly where they're at. Um, so I would say, oh, also transparency. Ask them how they're transparent um, as a group. I think making sure a lot of agencies have left groups and they're good groups. I'm like, why are you leaving? Like, I shouldn't be telling them that, right? I'd be like, dude, you have like a pretty good deal. Like, and it's all set. Like, why are you leaving? And the number one reason is they weren't communicated with. There was no transparency and that they they just wanted more communication as to what's happening. And so I think, you know, the more groups can communicate, the better off they'll be. Um, and I'm like, you should just talk to the group. Like, and they're like, I thought you wanted to like talk to me about this. I'm like, no, I want you in a good place. Like, that's always my goal. I want people in a good place and you should be the ego out of the way, like circling back. It's not always with me and that's okay. Yeah. I, uh, I think that's awesome uh, that you can be able to do that. Cause I think that's always big. Uh, when I was uh, selling early on, I'm a second generation and my father taught me early on, never talk trash about your competition uh, mm-hmm. and always be willing to refer people out. If you can't do something. <laughs> and um, I started off my career in the employee benefits side and Back then, Aflac was the four-letter word, and dad would always say, don't cuss them, don't talk bad about them. If you can't do something, refer to them. 
I don't know how many times that helped me in my career. And as a young 21-year-old kid at the time, I was thinking, that's stupid. Why would I refer somebody to my competition? But it always, you know, worked out better for me. Or, you know, uh, I can imagine the same thing fast forward to the PNC side. Uh, so I always try to consult people in the same way. So that's awesome that you're willing to say, my group may not be a good fit for you. Or after they get through filling out their paper or talking to you about their, you know, their business plan and their things that you go through, their culture and their change, whether they're willing to implement change or not and whatnot, you might be able to look at them and say, hey, I love what you're doing, but we're just not a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to do that. I mean, how the independent channel should be dominating. We have choice on our side, right? And we have the value approach to our clients. And I feel like sometimes the only reason that we're not is that we're afraid to change and we're afraid to help one another. Like, and that's like those two things, if we can get past those two things, then we would be dominating. Sorry. Yeah. I, uh, I agree with that. And I, I think that uh, we should be as a channel uh, dominating. And again, I, I think it goes back to the things we've been talking about before. It's all the things you mentioned before, the business planning, the culture and being willing to implement change. And I think that's part of, in my opinion, uh, the difference in independent versus captive. And I've never been captive. But we have so many things that change within our within our side, you know, on the independent side. With whereas I feel like with the captive, it's it's one road, one system, you know, one carrier, one everything. So there's not a whole lot of change there. And I feel like on on the independent side, that's what we do is we change, and it feels like it's always evolving and always changing. Yeah, we just need to keep helping each other change. And it's, there's not enough discussion about that. It's okay to not be okay. (laughs) I always say like, we're never like really, truly 100 as like, I try to get to 100, but even if I'm 99.9999% like really there, I'm still going to have a small part in different areas of my agency it within my business you know, entrepreneurial self that I'm going to need to work on. And if I get other people involved in that and get me comfortable with it, then I'll get to closer to 100. Um, And I think that we should all hope to do that for each other, even if we are competition with each other. I'm the same mindset as you, as you, I don't look at any other group or any other agency is competition. You're my colleague. Like I am open to share things where people are like, you shouldn't really be sharing that. I was like, I don't care. You have to implement it first and foremost. And if you do kudos on you, you know, like, but I'm sure I'm going to get a nugget of really great, you know, information from you. Um, and if you're not of that type of personality, I'll probably gravitate away from you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, have that sharing sense in it and, you know, helping one another get through the difficulties of being independent because there's so many options to go in directions to change, but we don't always effectively implement change correctly. And then when it's not going well, we're not open to say it's not going well. We like you'll talk to agents like, Oh yeah, I totally have everything automated and it's so awesome and it's working so well and it's doing all this stuff. And I'm like, there's no glitches. It's okay to say that there's a glitch. You just say, Hey, here's the, I always go through the one problem, two solutions thing. It's okay. I have a problem. I think I have got two solutions here that I'm going to try out. Or do you have a solution that you could suggest? There's nothing wrong with saying that. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it goes back also, you know, again, we keep circling back around different topics, but, um, 
you know, the, the different tech stacks people have and the shiny objects in there. What you just talked about a second ago was, you know, I've got everything in order and everything's working fine. But like you said, it's okay to say it's not. And it's okay to change your tech stack if it's not working. But I think that's one of the hardest things is people getting the right tech stack uh, and the right technology for the right agency. Because they think shiny object syndrome, that every tech should work for their agency. And they buy it all because it all sounds good and all sounds wonderful. And I imagine that's something that you deal with, not only in your own agency, but with other agencies that you're working with. Yeah. So with technology, it's great as long as you use it. And yeah, people will yeah. adopt it, but they won't implement it correctly. I don't understand that. Yes. I've had so many different people on, on this show uh, from, you know, Tarmica or Magic or, you know, Canopy Connect. And they'll say, yeah, they'll put it in there, you know, they'll buy it, but they never use it. And then they complain that it's not working right. <laughs> like, but you're not using it right or not using it at all. Yeah. I love it when um, I'll see within, you know, different Facebook groups and stuff where agencies write about like, Hey, this system doesn't do this and this. I wish they could really do it. And I'm like, that system totally does that. <laughs> like, I totally use it all the time. I'm like, I don't understand. <laughs> and it's like, well, have you like done the research to actually, <laughs> you know, check and see if they do it, That like, you've got to like dig in. And I think that's it. You got to dig in and guess what? Digging is hard work and you got to go in there and not just dig once and go like, Hey, that's like, I totally dug in. I understand it now. It's constantly evolving. That is what technology is. So you got to dig in a lot. Um, you know, we do uh, sessions that I've spoken about before, which is our collaboration or creation, uh, collaboration to creation meetings with our teams for an hour, twice a week. So then we can do training on uh, technology or carriers or innovations that we're working on and making sure that we have a time that you're actually like dedicated to going, here's the improvements that we're going to make as a team, whether it be training or whether it be a technology. Yep. Uh, I, collaboration to creation. Is that what you said? Yeah. 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 That's, that's too many syllables for me here in Arkansas. It's just C to C. C, C to C. I was, I was trying to write that down. I was like, that's too many syllables for this Arkansas boy. Um, <laughs> collaboration to creation. Anyway, so um, <laughs> anyhow, so, you know, what are some people that are listening to this? If they're thinking about groups or in a group, let's talk first off. If you're already in a group and you're listening to this or you're in a cluster or you're thinking about joining a group, I guess, what are some things, you know, that they're missing out on by not being in a group now or how can they utilize the group? Start there. How can they utilize the group better if they're already in one? I would say make sure if your group is not communicating with you and you want to know more, make sure you're communicating as well. Uh, there is this perception. I get this all the time and I'm trying really hard to debunk this is that my agencies will say, I'm wait, you're way too busy for me. And I'm like, no, I just may not be available at that second that you need me, but I will absolutely call you back your priority. And so you know, they, they know that, but they, they need to take, if they have something, don't make assumptions. Maybe there is something out there that you haven't dug deep enough with to get and make sure you understand the clarity. So I would always say how, what on my part with my group, am I going, what I'm doing actually to reach clarity with my group. And because usually I'm telling you 99% of the time it's miscommunication or it's not being communicated effectively. Um, so they need to do something on their side. The, the groups need to do the same thing too. Like if I haven't done it, I should, they should absolutely call me out on it. Um, cause that's not my goal. Um, so that's a big part of it. I would say, make sure you really know the resources. 
that you have within your group. I, a lot of people, they're like, oh, I wish my group would do that. And I'm like, well, I know your group really well because I refer to them. And I know they do that. Kind of goes back to the technology thing. So, you know, you use utilize them because they're using the resources of, you know, tons of different agencies. They have a ton of like data, you know, data is king right now. So they have a lot of data on, on a, a lot of different subjects. So they can really help you think of things that you wouldn't normally have thought of all on your own. Or even if you just talk to a couple agencies, you may not get the same perspective. So they can help you being, you know, your perspective. So communication knowing your resources, uh, anything else on that you would say if you're already in a group and you want to maximize that, uh, those are two of the things. What about if you're not in one and you're thinking about it, what what are they missing by not being in one that they could fulfill or could help? Is there any one, you know, one or two answers you could give there? This one kind of goes over both of them, but utilize your group in case something happened to you. Make sure that group knows that if you die or if you get sick. If you die. You know, <laughs> Um, that they know what needs to happen with their agency so they can help you through that transition. I've helped agencies through cancer. I mean, it's like, it's a morbid thing to say, but I I knew what their wishes were before they went and, you know, and, and they got sick. So, you know, make sure you, you know, utilize them for that, but also know what your perpetuation plan is before going into a group and then utilizing it. So they're missing out on that. They're missing out on a backup. Uh, the number one thing agencies say, set agencies say um, when we survey them is that they are part of a group because they don't feel alone. They don't feel like they're on an island. That's huge. It's not profit share. It's not commission. It's not carrier access. It is the feeling of being alone. So with the group, you're not alone. And then family. Family. Yeah, you can get a sense of family. And then also... If you're not a part of the groups, you're, you are not going to know the trends and you're going to fall behind and we're moving pretty fast. And so, you know, a group can absolutely help, you know, Hey, this is coming down the road, um, in regards to your agency and you're going to have to make these changes, um, for you to grow. So we have conferences, um, as a group and other groups have really fabulous conferences too. And it gives you a time to network with other agencies but you get the knowledge of what you need to be do to be still be competitive, or they give you ideas of how to be more competitive in the area that you're doing. So they're missing out on that um, as well. And then uh, it's the the leverage. It's the leverage of the group for not just financially, but being able to have someone within the group be able to contact a carrier at a different level for you to negotiate for your book your book specifically. And you don't have that power because you don't have that leverage. That's that's a strong point. Uh, and so listeners, if you're hearing this, you know, that's, that's some good stuff. I really believe that you need to look at the whole industry and find your advocates, find the people that are like you connect with, that you can pull from. So like you said, you have a vast array of listeners that, you know, listen to this podcast. And so I have advocates in different corners of the section of the independent channel. There's carriers that I have advocates that I can go to that you know that, hey, they're going to help you find the resources to answer the question that you may have. And then I have some of our vendors and then I have other agencies, you know, outside of our group that we talk to a lot Um, and and make sure that you create uh, your team of advocates, that they love you, even if they don't have to be in business with you. I have some advocates of carriers. I don't even have an appointment with them. 
but they know me really well. I respect them as a professional. And so if you have that team of advocates and then they advocate their advocate for me. So if they're thinking about something or somebody asks them a question about something in the industry and it aligns with who you are, but because they are an advocate of you, they will tell other people about you too. So yeah, I, we do that with our clients, with our center of influence with clients, but we don't do that in the other aspects. So I would really make sure that you're doing that too, whether you're with the group, with the carrier or wherever you are at within the channel that you create your centers of influence or advocates um, that are around you to help you with navigate the industry. Wow. Uh, yeah, I think that's, that's well said. I appreciate that. Uh, and that's, you know, definitely something that I know you practice because before we ever spoke, I had half a dozen people tell me, you know, I brought your name up to me or you need to interview her on your show or have you heard of this person? I definitely appreciate other people doing that for me. And I, I love doing it for other people. Yeah, I think that's what makes the world go around is, uh, you know, be able to refer people out and, you know, take those referrals as well and putting other people in front of you. Um, so, uh, as you know, we finally uh, got through some of that, got through the technology glitches. We're at, you know, an hour in or so. But uh, there's so many things that I wanted to get into with you. Um, I guess, uh, let me ask you this. Okay, so one of the things that I found out in our conversations is you have served on, you could tell me and tell the audience, how many agency councils for different carriers? I don't know how many. I'm currently on nine. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's a nine. lot. So... Uh you, <laughs> okay, before I even get into my original question, uh, <laughs> let me punt on that question for a minute. Let's talk about time management for a second. Nine carrier councils. Mm -hmm. You are head of a group. You also run your own agency. Uh, you're a wife. Uh, I, I'm not sure if you have kids or not. How, how do you manage that time to do all of those things? So from a time management standpoint, I've been laser focused on that. If I am in a moment with somebody, I am in a moment with them. I schedule the time. I get the time. Um, I think I drive my husband crazy because he's not a scheduler. Um, so even like our family, like Monday night is this, Tuesday night's this. I have the meals up on the board. Like everything's planned out and set and ready. Um, but I also, the thing that's helped me most with time management is saying no to things that don't align with where I want to go. And I know that there's a lot of carriers that I'm on right now. I'll, I'm phasing off a couple of them uh, just because you, you have time limits, term limits. You're supposed to. I have like a couple of councils where the term limit was two years, but I've been on it 10. So it's kind of like Gilligan's Island, like <laughs> for a two hour tour, but right. stayed for 10 years. Um, but I'm on there because I know I can impact change. And that makes that's that aligns with what I want to do. Like the goal for me is that, I want to see the independent channel like dominating. So obviously uh, you would tell me that you serve on those councils for that reason there, mm -hmm. but from a personal standpoint or, you know, your agency standpoint, that's got to help you in making decisions for the agencies that you work with and for your own personal agency, correct? Oh, heck yeah. I get to beta test things, which is a lot of fun sometimes and not so fun sometimes. I'm <laughs> I tested a carrier, uh, new uh program for auto and home and uh it was painful that was probably like we were the first agency to test it nationwide and that was like okay that was very very painful but on the other hand i get to test stuff and get access to things earlier and i get to share it with our other agencies too uh so i appreciate being able to do that you know with 
with the carriers and you get, so if you, if you haven't served on a council, you should really look into getting into a council um, if you're an agency owner. And the reason why is that it has made me so much smarter. It is, they've given me so much knowledge and like foresight of where the industry is going uh, that I can make plans, not just for our group, but for my agency too. And so they have a lot of people working really, really hard to make sure that, you know, the independent channel is, you know, moving in the right direction for the future. So that's going to give you some incredible insight. Yeah. And so if you're an agency listening to this and you're asking the question in your head of, you know, yeah, I think it'd be really cool. How do I get on one of those? It's one of those things, if you're not being asked to do it, can you put a request in to say, hey, XYZ carrier, I'd be interested in being on your carrier council or how would that work for them? Yeah. So I believe and and my friends and my family and especially my husband would probably totally tell everyone I'm like this. I'm really known for this. That's how I actually got to do the memorial because I overheard somebody talking and they said, we'd never had girls out on the course before for the pro-am. And I went and, to- and turned around and said, I would be your girl. Can I do that? That's how I was able to go and do that. So same thing goes for carriers as well. You can go and just say, I want to help this carrier, you know, move forward for the future. And I want to be a part of it. And, um, and how do I do that? That's all you have to do. I'm never afraid to ask which is sometimes super embarrassing for my family. That's why I said, I'm like, they would attest to the facts. They're like, oh, she's she's going to go do that. Um, because what is it going to hurt? What, they're going to say no? They're going to say no, that's fine. Are you worse off? No. Will they consider you later? Maybe. Right. So there's no, no shame in that. Again, put your ego aside. Um, so one thing I will say um, from this last 45 minutes to an hour on this conversation, on the, at least the recorded part, <laughs> um, <laughs> I am super proud uh, of you and the respect that you've had because not once have you mentioned the group that you're a part of. And I appreciate that respect. Uh, But I do want to give you an opportunity now, if you would like to, is there anything new that you're doing? If you want to share the name of that, and maybe I handcuffed you too much by that, by giving you parameters on that, who knows? But I would love for you to, you know, share the name of that group. And maybe if there's any, um, Anything new y'all are doing? Anything you want to talk about? Give a, a few minutes of a plug there. Uh, and then if you want to share your contact information, if anybody wants to reach out to you as we start to wrap up. Yeah, definitely. I want to be respectful to other groups. because and I, just, I love that. Thank you. Yeah, I just want to get the word out that it's like we were talking about a four-letter word and group is not a four-letter four word. It's actually five, but <laughs> not, you know, a bad thing. And it needs to be the right fit for you. So I, I want to make sure that I'm guiding people to their fit first and foremost. Our group is Canyonlands Insurance CLI Select Agencies. And some of the initiatives that I'm super proud of that we worked on this year was creating an online training platform for all positions within an agency. So then even if you have from CSR to, um, you know, uh, commercial account managers to actually even the owners of the agencies um, as well. And then having the university include uh, you know, trainings for them for different skill sets from sales to time management. We were talking about time management, but those are skill sets that everybody, you know, may need to learn at one point in time. So I'm incredibly proud of the fact that uh, COVID, we were, we wanted to do it live. I bought a new building and two days later, we sent everyone home for COVID. So there's nothing like having an empty, like our office with like empty training rooms, like, and you're like, I guess we're not doing that, <laughs> but we pivoted and we really wanted to show our agencies that we could give them 
because uh, we had an internship program with ASU and Rio Salado that we had set up that got canceled, which was the idea was to how do you find talent for agencies? So I don't see anybody doing out there right, that right now, really trying groups helping agencies find talent. So I'm really proud of that initiative. Um, we have some other ways that we're going about it virtually now, um, which is exciting that we're testing out right now. And so I think that we are really pushing the envelope on some stuff and pushing groups to do more than just, as you said, aggregate, which I hate that word, but more than just bring together for you know, profit share and for carriers. It's like, I want us, you to succeed and move forward. Yeah. I hate that word too, but uh, you know, that's the word that, you know, a lot of people reference or understand when you mention groups. Um, So, you know, I use that for the audience, but yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I don't like that word either. Cause I think what, whatever the group may be, I think there's a lot more to it than just consolidation for markets or coming together to get a certain carrier. I think you've brought up a lot of good points in there and why someone should join a group, whether it's yours or a different one. Um, but if they do want to talk to you further, uh, would you mind giving some contact info out? Yeah, definitely. My email is ds at com, and then phone number 480-288-5900. And, you know, I think that from what I gather from you is you would be willing to take the phone call um, and or the email and at least listen to what people have to say. And I think if you're a part of a a different group or you're starting your own group or you're whatever, you're looking for maybe another referral partner, as she mentioned, she wants to help people find the group that's best for them. Mm -hmm. Would you say you'd be open to another group or cluster or aggregator or whatever it might be reaching out to you and saying, hey, if you get someone that doesn't fit, send them my way? Oh, absolutely. I do a lot of that. I love talking to other groups. I learn so much from the ones that are open-minded um, that I am proud to call them, not just colleagues, but a lot of them are friends through the years. And so, yeah. I mean, we, we actually nationwide, the first one that ever did a network agency council that I went to nationwide. So we're sitting there on a council with our competitors <laughs> and going through and sharing things. And that was like incredibly um, helpful to have people who understand the path that you're on and what your goal is. Yeah. I think there should be an association for y'all one of these days, but we have anyway, one now. <laughs> do you really want we'll to yeah. talk about that off air. Um, but again, I thank you so much for hanging out with us today in insurance town. Uh, we laughed a lot. We cussed a lot. Uh, we learned a lot. Uh, we had a good time. Uh, I really appreciate it. And I hope that uh, you'll come back again sometime soon. I'd love to. Thanks so much for having me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for hanging out with me and Danielle Smink today in Insurance Town. I really hope that the content we brought you made you a better insurance professional. If you have an idea for your own show, reach out to my man, Ryan. Over at Ready Set Podcast, www.ready or get ready set podcast.com. Or you can go to Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, find him, tell him I sent you. You're going to be so happy that you did. Ready Set Podcast, turning your brilliant idea into a reality. Thanks again, guys. I look forward to hanging out with you again next week.